Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Fraser. I'm Will. And I'm Steve. And this week we're looking at Season 4, Episode 24, Odd Man Out, in which Fraser's usually busy love life is replaced with a feeling of loneliness and inadequacy. Steve, this episode ends at an airport. Do you love them? Do you hate them? Talk to me about your airport feelings. I haven't been to an airport in quite a long time. I'd actually say possibly over a decade. Wow. I've not had a passport for a decade, and I've not been on holiday for over a decade. Do you not, do you not need a passport, or is that literally, unless you, if you're not going anywhere, you don't need one? Yeah, I mean, it's a form of ID, I guess, but I've mm. got driving license for that, and uh, the furthest I've been abroad as such is the Isle of Wight, which for listeners outside the UK is a very small island that's part of the UK. It's not <laughs> abroad. You don't so what, why, why the, you're just not someone who's big into the abroad scene? Is that what it is? Um, as boring as I'm going to sound, I've never actually left Europe. I've been around Europe. I've been to Denmark, sort of Luxembourg, France, Spain, uh, Sweden, Norway. Um, the general place is Germany. Uh, yeah, obviously, you're more well travelled than I am, and you don't even have a yeah. passport. <laughs> Ireland, Scotland, Wales. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I did a bit of travelling, obviously, when I was younger. In the last 10 years when we've had dogs and stuff, having multiple dogs in the household is very difficult to get someone who wants to come and stay and look after multiple dogs. And, you know, we, we take our breaks with the dogs when we travel up and down the countries to dog shows. So that's mm. kind of why I've ceased traveling. But where have you been? Let's let's switch it back to you because it may be more interesting. <laughs> no, no, I've, I've been to well, like the places you've named, Spain, France, Germany, Poland, Scotland, briefly. The fur- furthest the field I've been is the Canary Islands to Lanzarote, so obviously just oh. off the, the east coast of, of Africa. Um, but obviously that sounds quite far, but it's quite a common touristy kind of destination if you're from the UK because yeah. um, it's got a really good climate, really hot but really windy. Um, that's about it, really. You know, I've, ne- I've never been to the Americas, which is mental because I'm someone who, you know, I wrote a bloody PhD thesis on small American towns. I've never been to one. Um, really need to fix that. Um, but yeah, you know, I- I'm hopefully this time next year, I'll be going into a, a full time teaching job and can start actually planning going away places because yeah. coming off the back of like doing a PhD for three and a bit years, you're not really financially equipped for a lot of abroad travel. <laughs> So. I mean, as for the as for the airport thing, got nothing mm. against airports. Absolutely hate the car parks at airports. Whenever I've had to drop oh, someone off, to pick someone up, I mean, paying about twelve quid just to literally get in for half an hour to not even stop, drop someone off, and things like that. It's crazy. It's big money, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, the actual. I mean, the actual waiting to go somewhere is quite exciting, isn't it? I mean, from memory, when you get there and you've got your bag and you've got your ticket and you're constantly looking in your back pocket, have I got my passport? Have I got oh, my passport? Oh, it's like chronic. I can't stop. Let me look inside again. Still got the ticket inside. But let, let me have another check. I just need to make sure I've still got it. Um, but things like that, it's, it's a very exciting moment, isn't it? Waiting and, and thinking, you know, where are you going to go and what are you going to see and all this sort of thing. Mm. It's very different from train travel. Do you know what I mean? Getting on a train and literally watching the whole world zip by at God knows what speed. When you're on a plane, you know, looking out of a window and thinking, what is down there? Where am I seeing? You know, as you come back down towards where you're landing and seeing all the buildings and stuff from so far up is... It's quite a magical experience, isn't it? Oh, it really is. It really is. Uh, I've definitely mentioned this on the podcast, but I feel like it was ages ago. I'll literally just keep this to thir- you know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds to not repeat. But I was once delayed at Coventry Airport going to Barcelona for nine hours 
Coventry Airport yeah. is no longer an airport because it was right. barely an airport when I was delayed at it. It was literally the size of, I can't, I'm trying to think of some, maybe like a small Tesco Express. Um, that was oh. the whole terminal. It had like one refreshment stand. That was its only concession. Um, and I got delayed nine hours there and I was probably about 11, 12 and I was probably just playing my Nintendo DS, Animal Crossing <laughs> Wild World or something. Something trying to keep me relaxed. But yeah, airports are funny old places. Um, so listeners, you know, write in, let us know. It's funny you say that about a small airport. I can't remember the name of it. The closest place I think was Carcassonne in France. I'm oh, oh my god, I'd love the board game Carcassonne. I was playing it this weekend, but carry on. Do you know what? If you ever get to go to Carcassonne, you need to go there. Um, because it, unfortunately, to bring her up twice, I'm a bit like it's a bit like Lilith with me actually bringing up my ex-wife. <laughs> oh, they know you. <laughs> they know you, which is extremely painful. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, she hasn't come back. Um, so her parents live in the south of France. So we flew to Carcassonne or the closest place to that. And just the same, it is an absolutely tiny airport. It's like one runway. The, the size of the plane is tiny. You know what I mean? In, and you get yeah, there like an island two, hopper. Yeah. And you're still two hours away from the nearest town because it's just nothing there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like one person works there. It's almost like Basil Fawlty running the whole of the hotel in Fawlty Towers. You turn up and the, the bag boy is the same as the person who sells you a ticket the same person <laughs> your passport then they run downstairs then they're putting the the uh the luggage onto the airplane and then you might as well have them as a stewardess because that is how many people work at that airport <laughs> literally like two staff i swear and well that, that but no i love that i've, I've got to go to carcassonne um you know listeners yeah does, does anything we've just said chime with your airport experiences you know let us know um before we get into the review steve shall we took ourselves into the proverbial trivia corner let's hop over to trivia corner excellent well i just said excellent that wasn't even a word excellent right i've got the uh the usual questions from our, our boys gals everyone on the uh on the trivia facebook group chat so let me open with hammy's for you this week steve linda hamilton who plays laura was also filming what movie at the same time which was released later that year will i expect you to know this if you know me and hammy and i have talked about yeah. how much we love this film so i have a feeling you might know it steve i think from that clue he's just given away the biggest answer it's dante's peak isn't it yes it is starring that lovely love irishman Piers brosnan um fantastic disaster film and by fantastic i mean immensely nostalgic for me because yeah, i was like yeah, a kid yeah. when i watched it it's probably not fantastic in terms of filmmaking but god it's entertaining imagine hammy's face if i'd have said twister <laughs> twister <laughs> um the perfect storm um but yeah Piers brosnan you rule and what a film that is um question number two steve what would happen to niles if daphne was to quote step out of his oh, step out of this dress oh um Die of embarrassment. Absolutely. Well, we've got to die of something. Um, question three is the last one from Hammy this week. When Fraser is carrying Laura's cello, what is the gate number behind him? This is a tough one. This that is a killer. This is that tough. could be absolutely anything, couldn't it? So let's go with 51. It is A7. A7. I mean, you've got to guess something. You've got to guess something. So, um, you know, tough one there. Trivia from new trivia master, little Bobby Briscoe. At the <laughs> airport, what is the name on the sign being held by the gentleman immediately to Fraser's left? Obviously, Fraser has his Laura sign. He does. 
but who's I know I know this, and the reason I know this is because I th- was it last week after we finished recording, I sent you a picture, and it had Laura's name changed to Will, and Doctor Tompkins is the name changed to Steve. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> well played. I know it from making that, not from watching the episode a couple of hours ago. I mean, listeners who you know are also members of Fraser Fan Club and the various outlets online where we all gather to chat Fraser, they will know you for your memes. You're probably the most prolific. You and James Ward are probably the most prolific <laughs> memers on in the Fraser community. Um, you know they. I love that. I love that it clearly helps you with your yeah. trivia on this on this podcast. There you, you go. Done it, for me this week. it has trivia from Mrs. Guzman Crane. In this episode, Fraser tries to intercept a stranger, Laura the cellist, from the airport. During his time on Cheers, a crossover episode also centered around Fraser and his run-in with a strange blonde cellist at an airport. What was the name of that show? I'm gonna go with Wings. Absolutely, it is Wings. Never watched it, but I think that's a pretty. That's what I would have said for an educated guess. Yeah, I mean, I know that the, the trivia is that I think they're in planes, trains, and traveling cranes. I think is the episode of Wings, and Lilith and Fraser appear as themselves because I think Fraser won an Emmy for that, ah. episode, or Kelsey won an Emmy for that episode. I think he's won an Emmy for playing the same character in Fraser, Cheers, and Wings. That's cool. Uh, that is that's cool. That's a bit of why, why I knew the answer, but brilliant question. Absolutely brilliant. Love that. Right, Steve, lay yours on me, brother, and then we'll get to the uh, the final trivia questions for you. Right, so. I'm scared. Number one. Oh, on the no. second call where we hear Laura's voice on the answer machine, she says a French phrase. <sighs> I will butcher the French here, but it's toujours le grand soeur. You've got three options here. What does she say? A, always the big sister. B, see you soon. Or C, much love from me. Always the big sister, definitely. I knew, <laughs> I knew to, toujours le grand meant always the big. And then I couldn't remember what the last word was. And I was like, oh my God, is he going to give me three options that are always the big something, something or something? You know what? I didn't know how to find three French phrases that were going to be similar, so I made the other two up. Uh, well, I mean, it was a good question. It was a good question. I just dabbled with some some Francais in my past, so maybe that's uh, served me well. Well, I should have actually said, can you say it? Do you know French? But I didn't. I thought, I'll give you the option, see if you do know French. And that well, was a very benevolent question, Stephen. I'm grateful for it. Uh, question number two. Mm. In which episode is Linda Hamilton, who plays Laura, a guest caller? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, can you do you know the name of her character when she's I a girl? The other clue I would give you is she calls in on the same episode that Griffin Dunn also calls in on, and he also appears in the show. So yeah. both of them appear after they've called in. So it's a previous one. She doesn't call in later. She calls in earlier than this. I'm gonna to have to just pick a random, random question uh, episode. I'm gonna say Miracle on Third or Fourth Street. It's good, but it's not the right one. Damn it! It is the pilot episode, The Good Son. Oh no way! Aaron Griffin, the, the first two callers. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Great question. So, question number three: If Frasier was a girl. Martin and Hester had two name choices. What were they? Laura or Priscilla. Priscilla. 
Yes, because they always hate the name nickname Prissy. I never cared yes, for, much for it either. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely cracking. Is that all of your questions there, Steve? Three to you, sir. Perfect. Thank you very much. I love those. They're really good. Um, seeing things to a close with MK, Run For Your Life, and oh, a couple more, Father Mike and Niall Crane as well. Question one from MK. Niles gives a variety of reasons he thinks he was Maris's bad boy. What joking reasons does Fraser offer? What joking reason, sorry, does Fraser offer? Kind of he, a sarcastic response. He rolls his inhaler up on his shirt sleeve or something like that. Like they're used Absolutely. to his cigarette packets, I presume that's what he's aiming at. Absolutely. All I think about is Snake from The Simpsons, because he always did that. Um obviously this sure. is a, a common trope in high school American films. Yeah. But... I get uh, I get the idea of Kiefer Sutherland in Stand By Me. Oh yeah, big oh, one. With the white t-shirt is I think he always does the same sort of thing. So he always I brings absolutely love that film. That film yeah, is yeah. pretty much responsible for me doing a PhD on small towns. Like that is the King film. I can see that what with it being a small town and a Stephen King film, isn't it? Well, there you go. It's kind of got everything. Um, oh, we love a four-part a question from MK. We love this for Steve. What is the name of the restaurant at which Frasier dines alone? And what are the names of the three characters we hear during the scene that are not Frasier? Right. The restaurant he goes to is San Gennaro, I believe. Yes. I don't know how I spell it, but no, San Gennaro. San Gennaro, yeah, yeah. San Gennaro is what they say. And what is it? The three characters. What, what are the names of the three characters that we hear? So, not bear in mind, it doesn't say what the names of everyone that speaks. We just get three names of other characters here. Um, which is an important distinction because obviously the maitre d speaks and stuff um which is the guy at the door name of three characters right the kid uh johnny <laughs> like my johnny it was johnny well played the little boy um run along johnny guys <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, i think isn't it this is tough now this is hard. There's a woman, but I can't tell you her name, I don't think. <sighs> there is. It's the newly engaged woman that screams and causes her to sp- uh, causes Frasier to spill his wine. I want to say Alison. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to oh, say it. <laughs> Amanda, you're not far off. You, oh. knew was, you knew it was A. And then the other one, here's, here's one clue. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, oh. If listeners didn't hear that, that, that was me listening. It's the candle. Um, it is. It's the guy who comes to light the candle. Enrico. 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 <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, three out of four ain't bad there, Steve. Oh. Well played. Well played indeed. Um, what time does Laura's flight land? Uh, t- 10.30. 10.30. Brilliant in Pacific Standard Time for those who <laughs> like their time zones. Trivia from Run For Your Life. What was the name and make? Um, sorry, the make and year of Marty's car. I love this because I I really heard this and Googled it when it was said, so I wish I'd got this question. You know what? You guys are actually starting to get me to list everything. I'm gonna uh, Next episode, I am going to write down every name of a person that <laughs> I in the room. <laughs> um, I do know it because I looked it up as well. It's uh, uh, an Impala, isn't it? It is. The year is... Oh, I want to say 80... Two, because it's the year before I was born. 82. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant, Steve. Well played. Uh, trivia from new Trivia Master and former KACL host, Father Mike. What kind of wine does Frasier spill on himself? Oh, God. Um, this is a good one. I've got to remember which way around it is, because he 
Because Niles guesses one. And Niles guesses the other way round. And either way, it's amusing. It's an amusing little... I think Niles guesses Merlot. So it's a cabinet. You are spot on, Steve. Um, (laughs) Interesting that Cabernet and Merlot are the two wines that basically they fight over in in a wine club. Um, So kind of love that there's a little little reference to to what lies ahead. Finally, Trivia Corner this week. Trivia from Niall Crane. When in the restaurant, we see a couple in front of Frasier when the waiter notices the candle went out. What are these two people eating? They're both eating the same thing. And it's not going to be like a coco van. Like, it's not going to be a... Niall Crane is like the absolute master of the visual question. Honestly, he's carved out quite a niche himself in the already niche trivia corner as the visual expert. So now what I need to do is list everyone in order they appear. (laughs) And... (laughs) Everything and every item that someone holds. How many chews before they swallow the food? (laughs) So what do Um, you think they're eating, Steve? Hmm. It's an Italian restaurant, isn't it? I'm going to sp- spaghetti. Lady in the uh, Tramp. It house. couldn't be less Italian if it tried. It's cake. It's just cake. <laughs> I mean, Italians make cake. That's not to say they don't, but I mean, it wasn't a carbonara or a lasagna or something like that. Um, Maybe it's a nice Viennetta they've got out of the freezer. It might be a Viennetta. I, I bloody love Viennetta. Um, love that. Thank you, everyone, for Trivia Corner. As always, we we love those questions. It's the highlight of the episode, um, and I'm sure it is for people that listen in as well and, and like to play along at home. So uh, lovely stuff from from you guys, as always. Let's get into the review, Steve. Animation Watch, please. What was it this week? Animation Watch. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me turn back a page. I can't believe you're checking your notes. This is a trivia question, Steve. I had to. I had to. <laughs> in the skyline, the lights come on. The lights on in the skyline, an absolute classic. Some might say the classic. Yeah, absolutely brilliant for me. Absolutely love it. Other than the lift going up or that little tiny red dot we've mentioned before on the top of the space needle, I think the lights coming on just give it a cityscape feeling. Is you know, is perfect, isn't it? Those what three that you've just said, they're like the three, the the holy triumvirate of of Fraser animations. Everything else, lovely sometimes, but superfluous. Um, I <laughs> Roz and Niles were gonna go. Niles and Frazier were gonna go to San Gennaro. G- Gennaro's Gennaro's. How are you saying it? San Gennaro. I've Gennaro, got San that's Gennaro. right. Yeah, I've probably got San it spelled. Gennaro's. Um, they were gonna go to celebrate Roz's birthday. They also went to lunch together the previous day because of Roz picking up the waiter for a date. You know, they've they a lot of eating together. This is quite unorthodox, yeah, is it not? I mean. It's quite a celebration. First, I'd like to say that we know, obviously, that uh, from later seasons, we know that Rosa's birthday is around the start of May. I believe it's Cinco de Mayo, isn't it? Mm. Um, in cocktails in a later season that we find oh, out they around that time. Yeah, don't mention the wigs. We're getting The there. wigs. <laughs> it's too soon, Will. It's too soon. It's don't too mention soon. Um, but yeah, obviously, it's her birthday they're going out for. So, Although he doesn't wish her a happy birthday, no one else does in the episode. They're going out to celebrate Rosa's birthday, and that's it. We just breeze over it. It doesn't exist. No one, no one around anywhere else says... Did Roz have a nice birthday or happy birthday, Roz? Don't forget we're going out tonight. Yeah. Um, and we've seen like parties in KCL's corridors for birthdays, you know, yeah, but no one cares this time around. Not today. You know, um, sad. But she's obviously going to go and, well, the only way to say it is tip the waiter from the previous night, isn't she? Basically. But do you remember the service yeah. wasn't that good? <laughs> no. I really love um, that. 
it's strange that yeah they've met over lunch the waiter she didn't tip him so the next night she's going <laughs> to go out and blow fraser off uh for their date and go out with this guy you'd think maybe i'd still go out with fraser first mm. maybe see the guy another time but again i will point out i think this is Roz's only involvement in this episode it, it's just so minimal this week. Like for a season four finale, it is like they forgot she was a character. Um, they've really cut down on how much they've used Ros in maybe the last three or four episodes. In fact, since what Daphne Daphne hates Sherry, she's barely in three dates and a breakup. She's not really in. She has dropped no, off, hasn't she? Yeah. Ros is definitely taking a back seat. We've now not got Bulldog in this one, which we've had literally twenty seconds of Bulldog the last couple of episodes. He's now not in this one. Do you know what I mean? KACL. This is. A couple of minutes, maybe not even that, and then we're out. That's it. Was done. Yeah, I, I think there's like a trend as well. I know not a trend, but I'd like to see if there's a trend. How many season finales really ramp up the Frasier centricness of them? Mm. Because is Dark Victory? I think is a, is the season two finale. That's quite yeah. that's an ensemble at the end, but it is about Frasier. This yeah. is super Frasier heavy. Um, although it has the others, obviously, like something borrowed, something blue doesn't count. That's completely different. But genuinely, yeah, is, 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 Niles is massively about him, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, think I can't remember. season three's finale is "You Can Go Home Again," isn't it? Yeah. So, so that's about them all, but it is about Fraser taking on the responsibility of his dad. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. yeah. It's all she, about him and his first day. So seems to be a, a bit of a trend, but um, but yeah, Roz is is woefully underused. Um, back at 1901, Daphne's in a, in a state of undress here, uh, and Niles is, is to the rescue. She can't zip up the back of her dress. Um, some incredible okays from David Hyde Pierce here. Okay. Okay. No, don't be afraid to grab a hold and give it all you've got. Or, you know, sometimes it helps if you go down a little as well. Like, that's, not the that's one of the ones, uh, that's one of the lines I actually wrote down. I love <laughs> grab hold and just give it all you've got, Dr. Honestly, Okay. okay. <laughs> Not the first time that that word gets used to really good comic effect, obviously, in, in Fraser as well, you know, in room surface. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's more like, okay. Uh, yeah. It's so, like, okay. okay. <laughs> um, so just, yeah, just testament to this show. They can take just a stupid little word like okay and just, you know, give it to someone like DHP and he just absolutely knocks it out the park. Um she obviously fixes herself and Frasier gets gets back. You know, Niles, you have something on your tie. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a funny pun, but like it's given way too much airtime than it than it needs. Like, you know. I think it's it's similar to the amount of times Frasier has come home and found Niles doing something with Daphne. Like, I think is it when he's looking down at her blouse when he throws the necklace at one point and he says, "Oh, Niles, whatever are you doing here?" Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, here we go again, Niles. <laughs> and then it's like about how um, you know, well, oh, we, we we've lost the earrings, and then and then I searched, and Fraser goes, "Yes, the credenza." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the delivery of that. Um, but we we have now, but we we didn't mention when they were at KSL actually that that Ross basically says to Fraser, "You know, you've been hanging out with your brother a lot." Um, hmm. That's what kind of starts this this spiral of, of this episode, which is quite a common thing for a Fraser episode to focus on. In fact, quite a, the last episode was about that as well. Um, but yeah, it, it is kind of true. He does spend a lot of time with Niles, which I think is nice. It's great that they're so close. But he says now, you know, Niles, Ross has cancelled on me. Are you up for a little Italian? Actually, Marius and I are, are going to recreate our first date. So you could say I am. <laughs> what, <laughs> what does he say? <laughs> Uh, up, I got it. Up, up, up for a little Episcopalian. 
That's it. But the funny thing about that is he's hinting that she's that, but I think she's also said she's Roman Catholic in a previous episode. Yeah, I, I, I got stuck on this. Why Episcopalian? Like, I, don't I know. guess it's him trying to make a funny joke, but at the same time, he's already mentioned that because I think didn't uh, Maris's dad have to make good with the Pope or someone like that, isn't it? That rings a bell. I mean, so she's annoyed the church at some point, and it gets very confusing of what she actually is. Yeah, I'm not good with my kind of Christian denomination, so if anyone wants to help me out here, let me know. But does seem like it's the kind of joke that's inevitably going to flag with another detail elsewhere. Um, they're recreating their first date. Bit of a personal question, Steve, with Al, the lovely Al. Can you remember your first date with her? Yeah, it's um, it's quite embarrassing in a way. Uh, we we met kind of via she was a barmaid. And I used to be the bar fly, I guess, and uh, hang oh, out. In a I bar. love that. That's such right. a perfect like rom com. Yeah, night after night in the same bar with the same people telling the same stories. <laughs> um, and yeah, we just sort of hit it off there. But we we found each other on Facebook, or I found her on Facebook, and um, that was kind of how I actually approached her. I didn't really know what to say, and she put a status up, and I commented, and we became friends that way. And um, our first actual like, official date, I said, "Look, do you want to go out for a drink?" And when she agreed, I thought a neutral place would be, guess what? How original. Go to the bar she works in. At least she'll feel safe. It's somewhere she knows. So we went for a drink and she brought a friend along. She brought a friend along? She didn't bring the friend. The friend was giving her a lift and then thought she'd be nosy and come in with Elle. So I was like, oh, hi. And this is the first time we've officially met. And here's your mate. That's not going to be awkward for a bit. Oh, my God. Was the mate there for the whole duration? No, no, no. 20 oh, minutes off, okay. and then she buggered off, and uh, we spent the rest of the night drinking. Oh, like a, a lot. Perfect. Can you remember what you were drinking? Anything. <laughs> really? Probably Jack Daniels and Coke, to be fair, but yeah, into the early hours, and, uh, and the rest is history. 11 I years absolutely later. love that. That's so, so good. Um, listeners, if you've got any interesting first date stories, get them into us, you know, write them in listener mail, which I will explain how to do later on when we get to that point. Well, we, in the we could. Uh, we could actually play Moon River quietly in the background. We'll, 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 <laughs> anyone's looking for a lost love, you know, uh, Elaine in 14B, please call in. <laughs> oh, Elaine, this delightful creature. Um, but yes, please get in touch. Let us know. Um, the delivery of Nars's line now about how uh, when she first got into the, the 82 Impala, and Maris, this is, and Nars is saying yeah. how she, she loved touching vinyl for the first time. And she said she made it feel cheap and dirty, and she liked it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> honestly, that is, I mean, I haven't, I've picked something else as my best delivery or best line of the episode. And someone did get in touch on Reddit um, about making this like a, a, a thing, like an accolade that we give out. Yeah, yeah. And we have kind of done this informally over the years, but maybe like perhaps not put a, a, a seal on it. This was almost there for me i mean it's just fantastic isn't it just and it's, a great, it. it's a great line but i'm gonna save mine until we're back at 1901 a little bit later for my absolute okay. favorite line mine is also life. then mine is also i'm, I'm wondering it if we have might the same, be the same one and i must admit i overquote this so often to people oh so my god okay. we shall find out a little bit later on if you quote it a lot i have a feeling it's not the same line as mine because mine would be so contextual but we'll we'll see we'll see um <laughs> we hear the voicemail from laura now um for the for the first time and obviously it's just a, a mistake you know Oh, Laura's in town. Oh, who's Laura? Some stranger left a message on my machine by accident. <laughs> um, if you've not seen this episode before, you really do think 
this is you know you don't see this coming it's got a funny little little bait and switch um there which is, i like so there is one bit of i don't even know it's awkward trivia um mm. i'm pretty sure that most people are aware but i'll bring it up as we are reviewing it so it's actually on imdb so i'll read out that bit because it's easier than me trying to tell the story anyway it says the woman on Fraser's answering machine flies in on American Airlines Flight 11. Four and a half years later, co-creator David Angel and his wife Lynn were killed on American Airlines Flight 11, the first plane to hit the World Trade Center in the 2001 9-11 attacks. Crikey. Massive coincidence, but American Airlines Flight 11, what is the chances? That is really, really... In writing that and then yeah. that happening four and a half years later. Christ alive, that's... Tragic, and it makes it? me go cold every time I read that. Yeah, <laughs> freezing cold. Anything about nine eleven kind of just makes my blood run cold a little yeah. bit. It's it's just yeah, dreadful. Um, what a what a kind of chilling coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Fraser goes to San Gennaro's now. He's obviously riding stag. Um, he doesn't have Roz in tow. The guy's just like, oh, I see, sir. Table for one. <laughs> the way he delivers, like, well, there's no need to lower your voice. I just the back and forth here is just amazing. Um, I mean, have you or do you ever, or have you ever done this kind of thing alone? Cinema, restaurant, pub, um, I've, cafe. I've been alone. to the cinema a couple of times on my own because I've never done it. I really want to. It's. But. I wouldn't say it's awkward. I mean, it's dark in the cinema, isn't it? Most people don't really care if you're there. And if you go to an afternoon matinee or you're going to an early evening show, it's, it's quite empty anyway. Most people don't really care who's in there. Or It's just a case of sometimes there's a film that I want to watch, or there was back then, a time I'd want to watch a film that the person I was with or friends or whatever didn't have an interest in that film. Or it was like a B-movie horror that was shown at midnight on Halloween. And it's like, well, I'm going to go. No one else wants to go. Well, I really want to see it on the big screen, so I'll go. Dinner on my own. That's just awkward, isn't it? I mean, if you go to a McDonald's, yeah, I can understand having a quick Big Mac <clears throat> on your mm, own. Mm. Um, but I can't imagine going for a ordering in a yeah. three-piece suit and, and sitting there staring at nothing. Do you know what I mean? With a McDonald's, you can sit and look at your table, get your phone out, whatever. But at a, at a proper restaurant like San Gennaro's, I'm not really sure you can pull off. And being on a table in the middle with everyone else around you in couples yeah. is... It really is odd man out, isn't it? <laughs> you are <laughs> on your own. I get that he isn't um, that embarrassed by it at the beginning. And I really think if all these stupid little things that I'm about to come on to didn't start happening and draw attention to him, mm. Frazier would be fine to do what he's doing. Um, but it is the fact that I've com- I've just completely lost the train of thought I was about to say. Um, I, he, he, he doesn't mind that he's alone. Uh, that was it. But he does feel that he's conspicuous where he's placed. And he does say, you know, is there anywhere else I could sit? I do feel a bit conspicuous here. And even if you're the most comfortable person in the world with being on your own, which I think a lot of people are, and a lot of people are listening will be like, I'll go to silver or whatever on my own mm. time. I still I still think those people probably don't want to sit slap bang in the middle of the restaurant because it's just I wouldn't want to be slap bang in the middle of the restaurant. If I was you know on a date with Charles, it's just like you want to be kind of you want the intimacy away from everyone else sometimes, you know. Yeah, to be fair, I mean that table isn't actually in, in an awful position. No matter who you're with, that table yeah, yeah. is clearly put there to make it awkward. But um it does make you think when you say about people eating on their own, obviously mob bosses always eat on their own, don't they? Mob always, bosses. You know, in good fellas and some of that, the mob boss just sits on a table on his own, he eats his dinner perfectly fine on his own. Okay, yeah, it's or like Fat Tony or someone, yeah. Or um who's the guy in, you've watched Justified now, have any of you seen all of Justified? Uh I've got up to I've finished season four. 
does he go into the restaurant in that one? There's one that he goes into a restaurant quite a lot and he gets information off a guy that's always sitting behind a laptop. The guy oh. plays um, Steve in uh, Sex in the City, I think. And he's always just sitting there with his laptop and the waitress constantly brings him food. He seems to always be sitting there eating in this restaurant alone. Yes, he's like some kind of weird mole or spy or yeah. something. Yeah, well, I guess like... informants also eat on their own. <laughs> they do because, you know, they'll get informed on otherwise. Yeah. Um, I recognise a little Johnny, but I don't know why. Um, I don't know if I've seen him as a child actor in other things. Might be a little something to IMDb in the background. I can see you have... on your phone there. Have um, there's something about him that just maybe he grew up to be an actor that I've seen in something else. But I mean, it, the stuff he says is quite funny, you know, like, oh, I was put in detention. And, and Frazier's like, oh, I bet you learned your lesson, you know, eating on your own. No, I just cried. <laughs> and then and then just the way he says, run along, Johnny. Absolutely ruins me. Um, Do you know have, what? You, have you found him in anything, Steve? Yeah. As a child, mm. he was also in uh, Friends. Oh, that's probably where I know him. He was in Third Rock from the Sun, another brilliant sitcom favourite of mine. He was in ER for a bit, or or a couple of episodes maybe. He was also in Mad About You. Really? I've wanted to watch that. Have you watched Mad About You? I used to watch it a lot. I've got season one on DVD. I've watched it quite a lot in the past when it was out, um, but I haven't I haven't watched it recently. I'm a big fan of, I don't know if it's Paul Reeser or Riser. I don't quite know his, yeah. his surname. Um, and um, oh, what's her name? Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt, yeah. Helen Hunt. Huge, huge. I mean, both great, but really like Paul, Paul, I'll say Risa, um, because he's in a film from 1982 called Diner, which I absolutely adore. Mm. And he's like uh, got a, a minor role in that. But yeah, I, I think I'd like that show. There's just something about yeah, it. Yeah, you would. Like. I think you would. Definitely. Um, Frazier's delivery now of like when the candle goes out, I'd rather just die in the shadows this week. That like, just absolutely <laughs> kills me. Another great delivery of shadows from him. You know, you never know what's lurking in them, and now he wants to die in them. He's what's lurking in the shadows in Am Radio. Well, yeah, and last week he was walking around with all that steam grates and stuff like exactly. that. So he's definitely trying to hide out a bit now. Fraser is going under the radar as such. He is. He's got he's gonna just, you know, he's he's looking for women, but now he's decided to just, you know, go under cover of night and as creepy a way as possible, which we're going to get onto the way this episode ends. I think he's deeply, deeply unsettling, but we're, uh, we're obviously going to get to that. The guy who proposes here, so annoying to me. Um, and then the other couple getting up oh. and sharing, in fact, they're having twins. I mean, that's not something you announce. That's not, that's not announceable to yeah. me. Well, you can clearly see she's pregnant. Like yeah, she stands so- up. You're not really telling anyone else any better news. And how did he not know? Surely, did she go to the scans on her own? Nice job there, mate. Well done. Exactly. Really supportive. Um, I was actually speaking to this the other day, um, speaking about this to Charles. That like, because like, you know, someone she knew got like engaged outside the, I know the Trevi Fountain in in Italy. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's in Rome. I can't remember which city it's in. Um, and that someone was like already prepared to film it. Presumably the boyfriend had asked someone to film it and it was on Instagram right. reels and stuff really well filmed. I'm like, this is probably one of the most intimate kind of moments two people can ever share. Why do people just want that now to be like immediately accessible for everyone on the internet? Cause that's what it is. It's not just like your, your followers. If, if, yeah, if you're not yeah. on private, anyone can see it. I just it's think anyway, to arrange yeah. to have that moment recorded might be nice for yourself. Yeah, to see yeah, exactly. A or something like that, you know. Oh, this is the moment. But surely, I mean, she must be absolutely gaga over the guy to not mm. see that someone's in the background with a phone or something staring straight at them, going, "Is it now? 
Yeah, oh, look, you're, they you're go, ready. <laughs> you know, pushing, pushing other people away. He's like, no, move. I need to get this. <laughs> get out of the frame. And, and who do you take on holiday with you and go, yeah, my mum and dad are coming on holiday? No, no, it's no specific reason. Just need a cameraman for the moment. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, or maybe I'm being a bit old man yells at cloud here because, you know, <laughs> people can have perfectly happy engagements and, 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 and share it with the people they love in this way. But for me, the way things are going, it's just a little bit like we need this constant CCTV of all of our best moments and stuff. And I, know, um... it, I don't know. I actually quite like. I mean, I've, couple, the last couple of weddings I went to was a long time ago. A couple of people actually announced before, like the ceremony starts, can everyone turn their phones off and put them away? We've got an official photographer. If you want copies later, we'll sort them out. But we'd rather you didn't put pictures up on That's Facebook. That's quite common but, these days, actually. Yeah, because at the end of the day, who's going to get the best angle of the bride? She wants to look amazing on that day. She doesn't want these half-assed pictures. And taken a photographer on. costs about a grand as well. <laughs> like you know, and the rest. Probably. Yeah. Um, but it's all right because I've got my Samsung and it's got a really good lens on it. So I took a picture from the back and I've put a filter on it. You look great. You've got reindeer yeah. ears, but you look great. It's great. I really do empathize there. I think if you're paying the ridiculous amounts of money that people do at weddings, then like you're well within your rights to say, listen, don't cheapen this by putting a shitty picture of me on your Instagram story when you so this guy has a camera worth more than the car you drove to, to get here and he's taking a picture of me you know what i mean like i okay I, I get it you've spent a lot of money that's fine um back at 1901 now could this be your favorite line well, it's it, got to be hasn't it is this the quasimodo one not since quasimodo strolled the streets of medieval paris have so many people said that poor man that poor man absolutely incredible and you've definitely quoted this a lot to me over the years it kills me i cannot help it because anyone who says i'm having a really bad day well not since cosimodo <laughs> the streets just have to do it it's and, so um, yeah you're right i mean i can't use it in every context but it is just brilliant to i mean to- it's a lot more user friendly than than what my favorite line is which is quite a while from now um but we're, we're gonna get there um but you know yours you can get more mileage out of yours also i just want to say listeners sorry if you heard any kind of ruffling twice in this episode because i keep knocking the microphone over and then like screaming silently at steve so um hopefully it wasn't kind of you know getting in the way of what he was saying um sherry's mock apple pie now um it's called mock because she uses crackers instead of apples well nothing ruins apple pie like apples does it? i mean what in god's name crackers i mean i'm assuming they're apple flavored crackers but like you know like apple cinnamon tart pops or whatever they're called in america i've got no idea with what Uh, a pie crust on it so you're actually eating pie crust with dry crackers inside. it's all just carbs and carbs and carbs isn't it like it's gonna be dry this is about as exciting as fraser's breakfast when he had dry toast and a tea with no milk in it tea i mean no milk what is Honestly. it with sherry trying to give people the worst food possible it's just insane <laughs> it really is um and weirdly i've been craving a really good apple pie for about the, the best part of two years i've not done anything about it i've not gone out and bought an apple pie which would cost very little money and, and have one um it's because nothing can live up to what you believe in the dream's gonna be when you get it 
I think so. I think I'm imagining some kind of like I'm in some Twin Peaks style diner. I've got a big slice, a big chunk of cream, a big like you know little whipped cream thing next to it. Um, chunk of cream is not the not the best way to describe it, but they yeah, wouldn't nice serve that at San Gennaro. No, they, they certainly would not. Um, but yeah, because I'm real craving for apple pie, so I need to do something about that. Um, Niles now regales us with the first date recreation that he and Maris enjoyed, which even. <laughs> even saw Marta coming into it, taking on the the the, the part of of Maris's father, shooting meatballs at him from an antique blunderbuss. <laughs> um, so, so I've got to ask you: Can you remember what day of the week it must be then? Because it's Swedish Meatball Day. Oh God! Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? I would say Tuesday. Tuesday was Spa Day because all the servants played hooky, and then they had Swedish meatballs. So they're having Swedish meatballs again. Wow, um, but a it good catch start, though. And I then in that. the middle of the week, we're going to have our first date recreated. Sounds a bit strange, but okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, antique blunderbuss always kills me. I think it's like one of those big, like it's like it's like a, it's a bit like a shotgun. Was it a bit of a primitive form of a shotgun yeah, or something? I think the sort of description reminds me of this sort of gun they're using Jumanji. Do you remember when the guy in the film Jumanji? Oh, Van Pelt. I think that sort of gun, you know, sort of looks like a trumpet at the end, really yeah. wide barreled, sort of really flares out with a bell on the end rather than a, a straight shooting gun. So, but it sounds brilliant, yeah. doesn't it? And fire, I don't know how you fire meatballs through it, but Marta obviously managed. I'm just, yeah, I'm just imagining some kind of puree coming out of that trumpet. I can't imagine their, their hole when they leave. I'm kind of hoping that Fraser was there just to go, Marta, you can shoot straight, can't you? <laughs> trying to throw. <laughs> I hope she didn't shoot any koi by mistake because there'll be nothing left in that barn. Sleeping um, boy. <laughs> we get another voicemail from Laura now, and Fraser saying he always loved the name Laura. Well, Fraser, not. I don't know, 15 episodes ago, you were on a perfectly lovely cabin retreat weekend with a beautiful woman called Laura who loved, really liked you and you got on really well with Laura Paris and you completely and utterly effed it up. So I just think you can't have your apple, your mock apple pie and eat it. You know, I think he, I think he's well out of line here. You know, you can't, he's just, yeah. It still annoys me that he ruined the first one. It's funny how they go to the same sort of names as well, isn't it? I find mm. the writers sort of pick the same. I know they've got some high society names when we had Kimberly Egan and Adair, Adair. Pepper, and, and And now you've got loads of Lauras coming through suddenly. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, and then we've got later on coming up Lorna Langley, who turns into Lana Langley. But again, you're still going around the same sort of names. It's... Yeah. Yeah, that's very true, actually. Lorna and Lana, like really, really in this ballpark. Um so, and I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun talking about what the hell is going on with that name change. But uh, that's obviously, that's an episode and a half that will be. <laughs> that's many, many, many years from now. Um, so, would anyone listening ever do this? Is what I want to know. Would you spontaneously go down to the airport like Fraser plans to do, um, and and think this was a good idea? Is this the stuff of rom coms? And speaking of, very quick, ten second tangent. I watched when Harry met Sally for the first time this weekend. What an absolute masterpiece of a film. That is all I wanted to say. Would, you, did you have what she's having? <laughs> what, the mock apple pie? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, would you would you ever do this, Steve? Like, is this just, is this the, the stuff of fairy tale or is this actually something you could do? Do you know what? I mean, it sounds great, doesn't it? It the does. Writer, the writers have done this right, that Fraser is a very romantic kind of idealistic kind of 
guy. Do you know what I mean? He wants mm. these dreams to come true. He sort he of is how dinner parties are going to turn out before they've even happened. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He, he has these plans in his head and he's very, very sort of forward thinking in what he sees in his future. That's why I think he gets so disappointed all the time because he sees something out of nothing. Um, and with this, you know, Daphne's egging him on, isn't she? And, and Niles, well, what have you got to lose? Kind of just go for it. And, and Martin, I can't remember his line, actually. I didn't write it down. Martin came out with some sort of line. He goes, well, I'm growing. Do you know what I mean? I'm. I'm... <laughs> she shows affection easily. That's a good thing, yeah. you know. And everyone looks at me and he goes, what? <laughs> you know, Excuse like, me for growing a little. <laughs> Martin has totally changed in this episode to make comments like that. Big um, time. But the idea of going down to the airport and meeting um, Laura, you know, the cellist who speaks bits of French, she does tick every box for Fraser. She is oh, exactly she what he's looking for. Um, and obviously the whole when she is at the airport, skipping ahead a little bit, getting the <clears throat> sherry and stuff like that. She does literally tick every box. There's nothing that she won't, you know. She's the dream woman. Yeah, for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why I think he goes down. I mean, when he meets her and she says, what are you, like the nicest guy ever? And he goes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> Honestly, what the hell? Um, again, that, that just shows Fraser's side, doesn't it? That's He actually does believe, well, actually, I am the best person here. You know, I, I, you know, I know the wine and I'm into the cello and I'm into the classical music. And he does change his shirt before he goes down there, which is good because the other one's covered in the, uh, was it the cheeky Merlot or the... the cheeky uh, Merlot. Do you know what Humor, I mean? Humorous Merlot. <laughs> yeah, it's still um, quite funny. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? I just, I would never have the gumption to do this, but... I think it would be a dream come true, wouldn't it? If that happened and it worked out... If it, it worked, my God. Like... Going into other sitcoms, as always, when you look at something like Friends, when you've got the whole, uh, you know, did she get on the plane? Did she get on the plane? Planes and trains and people leaving is always a romantic thing, isn't it? Oh, I chased her down to the airport and she'd left, or but she got off the plane and, oh, well, I watched him on the train and he was going off to war and you're waving and all that sort of thing. Seeing mm. that departed and whether they will return. Fraser's obviously got this sort of romantic idea that if he does go down to the airport, love will just blossom from nothing. I mean, the fact that he pulls that horrible face when he's holding that sign that says Laura to greet her, he looks so... Why does he look so pained? <laughs> Honestly, he he looks like an absolute deviant. I mean, that's literally what I've written here. He looks yes. like he's escaped from an asylum. I can't get over Kelsey's face. I can't even. You can't even describe to listeners how he's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's pulling that face. Sound of uh, yeah, listen, listeners can't back. see what I'm doing, but I was doing my best damn impression. Um, just really weird. Um, but yeah, I mean. Okay, before we get to the airport scene, because I do want to get to that because there's a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, one observation I had was there was a lot of natural laughter in the 1901 scene. Niles is, I never much cared for that nickname either. And also, can you believe people call me uptight or whatever? You know, uptight. I've got that. Hold on. What is it? People called me uptight. And Martin, yeah, they think I was a cranky old geezer. And Fraser goes... And what point are we trying to I mean, make? What point are we trying to make? I just feel like the way Martin and Daphne were looking at each other, the way they laugh at David Hypeus as well, feels very real. It feels like they're laughing at him acting rather than they're laughing in character. Well, yeah, um, you've then got the scene about the gingerbread men, haven't you? Again, full of laughter. Just about to say, my favourite delivery. We thought they were dancing. <laughs> 
I have. We thought they were dancing written down. <laughs> Honestly, that just ruins me, man. So for, for listeners who, who might not have, have watched this episode and need a reminder, Martin and Hester met over the chalk outline of a murder victim. So Hester used to bake gingerbread murder victims that were shaped <laughs> like chalk outlines, which is actually a really good idea because you do ice gingerbread, don't you, around the edge. Yeah. So they do look like chalk outlines. It's kind of the perfect thing. You know, think also, and I love a good gingerbread man, you know. Giving it a crooked arm or a crooked leg and just sort of like, do you know what I mean? Cutting it out and then just moving the leg a bit. And yeah, yeah. we thought they were dancing. That's so good. <laughs> you know. the, uh, the second, you know, not the only time gingerbread are used to, to, to comic effect in phrase, you know, so muscular, Miguel, yeah. you know. Have you, have you been thinking? I have. I have. <laughs> you know, um, not the only time that's used. I must know. admit, one of the absolute knockout laughs i'll get out of this is niles when he says about um she the, the woman on the plane says to him would you like to join the mile high club and he says well i don't really travel enough to make that worthwhile <laughs> so good 20 years ago nope can't laugh about it <laughs> and that so absolutely good. kills me because i don't know if you can remember the episode in seinfeld when a woman has got george in the car and it's very early on and she says to him do you want to come up for coffee and he says, oh, I can't drink caffeine this late at night. It makes me <laughs> makes me toss and turn. I never get to sleep. And he gets out of the car and he goes, oh, my God, she didn't want coffee, did she? She didn't want coffee. Why did I say what I said? Honestly. And he's absolutely dying. And I don't know, if you, have you ever seen the, um, the British film Brassed Off? Oh, no, I haven't. So based up in Yorkshire, um, mining town, and uh, I think it's after the Grimley Colliery Band, which is based on the real-life brass band, the Grimethorpe Colliery Band. But they're in competitions and everything like that. And there's a, a young lady. Now, women, and this is going to sound bad, but women didn't used to play in brass bands. Mm-hmm. Notoriously, they are male only because it was the mine workers. Yeah. There is still, I think, one or two professional brass bands in this country that do not allow women to play for them. Jesus. Like, I mean, yeah, exactly. But I think it's it's changed a lot recently. Mm. Anyway, in the film, um, one of the people who is trying to close the mines is a female, and she used to grow up in that town. So she says, can I play in the band? And they let her in. Anyway, she meets up with a young guy called Danny, who's actually played by Ewan McGregor. And um, they sort of kiss a couple of times, and he walks her home, and she says to him, uh, do you want to come up for coffee? And he turns around and says, I don't like coffee. And she says, it's all right. I haven't got any anyway. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And like, that just reminds me absolutely brilliant line. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Blind so to it, good. Suddenly, I know what you mean now. <laughs> kind of subversing that trope. Because they used exactly the same weights using Seinfeld. Very, no, not very early, but... They use it at some point in the Big Bang Theory when Penny mm. dates Stuart, who I think runs the comic book shop. Um, I haven't watched the Big Bang Theory in at least six, seven years. I used to watch it when it was on. Don't anymore. But um, yeah, ex- and played in exactly the same way for laughs as almost word for word what George says. So yeah. and um, the Big Bang Theory gets a lot of flack. Well, it's not a great look when you're kind of literally using a gag from Seinfeld. But that is the, that the is best that. thing about this is it's over 20 years later, Niles, and we are still laughing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the delivery now of, of, of Frasier at the airport. I'm a psychiatrist. I'm here to help you. That absolutely ruins me, man. I don't know why that kills me so much. But she's like, you know, Molly's having me committed. <laughs> um, just absolutely, absolutely kills me. Um, and obviously, you know, Linda Hamilton, I think I think she's top notch here, um, says, you know, can I buy you a drink? And he's like, I'd love that. And we have some really 
moving moments in the final kind of you know sections seconds minutes of this scene you know about the cello it sounded sad like it needed me i think that's, yeah. that's really affecting writing i think it's really it's moving written isn't it i mean oh, the, yeah she she creates this idea of that instrument and again she shows that <laughs> Keep banging listeners, my elbow. <laughs> listeners, it's the sound of Will banging elbow for about the fifth time. Honest to God. <laughs> I can't not laugh now. I've, I've managed to keep about three of them in, but that's got me. <laughs> sorry, no, carry on, carry on. Um, Some poetic moments. Yeah, sorry. And the cello and the way she describes it. And it's it shows her level of intelligence and obviously the way that she can be creative and, and well-spoken to match how Frazier would probably describe things and the way he is very poetic when he, when he speaks about certain things. Mm. I think, again, the writers have done it such a good job. Why could this not have worked out? Are we supposed to believe it was going to? You know, it would have been great if they'd have actually left it as a cliffhanger going into the next season. Yeah. And then we find out it didn't work out. Linda Hamilton's in this for minutes, really, other than her voice. Obviously, as we found out from Hammy's trivia, she was filming Dante's Peak at the time. So she was obviously mm -hmm. busy. Maybe she was just in town and they thought we could do with someone for a couple of minutes. Will you pop in? Quick cameo. Um, you know, That's a good did, chat. Or did her agent say, well, you know, just in case Dante's Peak's a bit of a flop, there's five grand going if you want to go and appear in Fraser for a couple <laughs> of minutes. I don't know how it works. I don't know how show business works in that way, but... Clearly, someone had an idea of getting her in there, and, and it's not the first time because she was contacted to uh, to call in in the first episode. Mm. So she obviously had a contact in the show, um, or in some way. But yeah, going back to it, yeah, her her description of that, and then leading into the conversation about the sherry. Um, I didn't really understand how they said airport sherry is always bad because they don't brew it at the airport. It's not made at the airport. Airport sherry. I'd imagine it's bad on the plane. But surely a bottle of sherry would be the same quality if you bought the right quality of sherry at the airport. Do you know what I mean? If I went there and said, can I have a really cheap whiskey? I'd get horrible whiskey. If I said, can I have that top of the range stuff? Then airport whiskey would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, the joke is like airport bars only stock the lower quality stuff. But that just isn't true. Yeah, you know? We know that, you know, and it's, um, I don't know. That, that just baffles me why they say that it's such a low quality. And I think, well, why would it be? All of the better quality stuff then. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a weird one. And obviously, Frasier can afford it, certainly. So, you know. And the bar yeah. seems very, very conveniently right next to the baggage claim because she walks out and then there they're at the bar. I mean, that is the small airport in Seattle, isn't it? Yeah, that's really odd. Like, the placement of that bar is crazy. Um, she really doesn't give off a married vibe here. And then, like, you know, there's the, Frasier, I'm sorry, I'm married. And, you know, it's quite a, quite a, it just bursts the balloon of, of the tension at the end of this episode. But yeah, she really doesn't give off that vibe. Um, I wouldn't say she's like leading Frasier on, but she's she's kind of, you know, there's a there's an equivalency in, in their interest here. Yeah, and yeah. then suddenly it's like bam. Um but I think she's very understanding in general, and you know, she's she's really nice and she knows that this will be a memory they'll look back on, you know, can you kindly edit out the fact that I just knocked over the high chair and well, she's yeah. she's very complimentary at the end, isn't she? And I think she is taken with him. She's a bit smitten with Fraser in the way he's sort of come to meet her and, and the and, gesture you know, of it all, yeah. She said she's what what's the actual line before he cuts her off? She says, Oh, Fraser, if, if, I, if I, I wasn't married. married. And he goes, Don't don't finish that. And then obviously yeah. she chair over which actually reminds me of i think is it lilith when she has a moment with fraser and walks out of the apartment and shuts her bat handbag in the door yeah and she opens it and goes thank you fraser and just sort of takes it again because it's a bit embarrassing isn't it yeah but, and, and i kind of think it's almost a shame that they did that i think she should have just walked away gracefully i don't think they needed to knock the, the stool over 
to make her look a bit clumsy or silly afterwards. Because I think it was nice just to say, just end it there. And yeah. her go, hi, Frasier, and just walk off into the distance. That would have been nice. But, you know, it's still funny. I still laugh. No, but I, I am I am with you. I am with you. Um, I just, I mean, the ending of this episode now, this really attractive woman turns up who we will see again at the beginning of Frasier's Imaginary Friend next season. Um, and it's played for great laughs when she inevitably says, you know, you're a freak, get away from me on the plane. He, just the way he's like, this is uncanny. I'm staying in Alcapugo. I'm oh. at that hotel. It's like if she should be running for her life. Um, obviously, she isn't because it's a, it's a sitcom. But Frasier thinking this is okay, or that you know he's not an idiot. He is a expert in social relations. He understands people's minds. This is just like criminal perversion. Yeah, I mean, you know. not only that, but no disrespect to Linda Hamilton, is this new woman is out of Frasier's league by I not even. I mean, for you, if They're he was, close. if she was the Premier League, he's not even Sunday League, is he? I no. mean, he's not even. He's not even the ball boy. No, no. He's, he's at <laughs> they, home washing the socks. Don't compare. No. And I mean, the trivia about her is, I can't remember the actress's name that she comes into this one. She's also dated Mr. Jerry Seinfeld. Not in real life, in the show. Oh. So, just like Jane Leaves has also been in Seinfeld and dated Jerry. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, just that's a, brilliant. And another, another thing, Seinfeld getting incredibly attractive, you know, love interests in his show. It's just a thing they love to do for well, these male sitcoms. That stars. got slated quite a lot that uh, they never worked out why Jerry and George could date progressively better looking women as the time went on through the show. George doesn't get more attractive. In fact, he loses his hair more over the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they constantly point out that he's short and bald and unemployed. <laughs> yeah, the women get more and more attractive over the 10 years, and that is just incredible. It's just so strange. It's honestly, it's just, it's, it's a nightmare. Um, what the hell is going on with these male sitcom stars? Um, is this episode in your top 10, Steve? It is not, I'm afraid. It's is not it mine either, no. but I don't think that's going to be anyone's surprise. I'd be very surprised here if this is in anyone's top 10. So do let us know if it is, because you know, we, we always like that. Who have you on for actor pick? Um, it's a bit of a tough one. Obviously, as always, Perry Gilpin's knocked straight out on the uh, first two minutes of the episode. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I think I'd have to go with David Hyde Pierce, I think, actually. I think mm. not delivery of his lines and the physical acting when he's got the tie caught in the dress and things like that. I think he just, he kind of steals the show a bit, really. Um, mm. Even just with lines like, okay, you know, it's just, okay. it's enough, it's enough. And like you say, if you can deliver a one-word line that well, yeah, what can you do with better lines, longer lines? Do you know what I mean? But it's a close call. But I'd definitely say he just pips the uh, Kelsey Grammar to the post. No, I really, I really like that rationale. I definitely could 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 have picked him. I've gone for Frasier. Listeners will be not that surprised. They know I love him. They know I love the kind of Frasier-centric eps. Um, and yeah, I think Frasier, I love the episode where he's kind of serious and real and the gravitas of what he's saying at the end of this episode is quite powerful and moving. And, you know, he's very vulnerable. He does ruin it in the last 30 seconds. Um, however, I do think what the, the, the things we see of him um, up to that point um, is, is enough for me to pick him as, as, my, as my actor pick this week. Did you, um, notice, did you notice that Frasier is 43? Just quickly going back into the episode, he walks in and says to Martin, I'm 43 and I'm single. 
I didn't notice that. Does that that does make sense, doesn't it, in the timeline? I think. I swear he turned forty-two. How long do you think? How long do you think he's been forty-three for? Because if this is season four, that means we missed his fortieth birthday. Surely at the end of season one. Mm. And the episode forty-something is in season one, is it not? Yeah, it is. So he's already over forty. So how long is he? <laughs> in four years, he's been forty-three for quite a while. Hmm. Might be something we need to sick MK onto. Um, I, think I, all, like... I think he also mentions in the time the timeline screws up because I think he also mentions he's been divorced from Lilith for five years, but he hasn't because it's only season four. So he's actually only left Lilith just before he came back to Seattle. Mm. So he can't have been divorced for five years because he must have only been divorced for four years unless paperwork was in and there's a time thing. It just seems like the dates are a little bit funny. Maybe it's just the right. Mm, I don't it's... know. Yeah, maybe MK can uh, can tell us. Yeah. Kennedy Burling, our man on the ground, Steve, what instrument did he desire to play when his father took him to the symphony? Did any instrument call to Kennedy, either out of sadness, desire? Well, he was once in a Seattle street, and I think uh, the Crane family were having a garage sale, which was very, Mm. very embarrassing for the father, because uh, Kennedy picked up his first ever shamisen, which was on sale. No, a shamisen. (laughs) It would be really bad. I might have picked the wrong instrument there, which when, when Martin says, yeah, that was an embarrassing <laughs> garage sale. Embarrassing garage sale. Um, the, the shamisen is, um, what's his name, Lucius plucks it from the spot. You know yes. when he's auditioning for um, an intern? <laughs> I absolutely love that. He plays the shamisen. Um, <laughs> Kennedy heard the, the beloved notes of the shamisen and it called to him. That's all I needed to hear, Steve. Thank you very much. All that remains is to play Who's Crane Is it Anyway before we go to listen to Mal this week. One word for you. It is used only once in this episode, oh. and it is complicated. Who uses the word complicated in this episode? Um, a tough, I really, hope, a, I really hope it's Little Johnny, but I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Frasier too, Little Johnny. Oh, my, it absolutely is. Oh, my God. Well played. He says, you know, why are you sitting on your own? Well, it's it's complicated. Yeah, it's complicated. Adults, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Well played. Really, really good. Love that. Um, all that remains is for listener Mal. Shall we jump over? Let's go over to it now. Raz, who's our next caller? So, listener Mal this week. Uh, lovely to hear from um, many of you, as always. Blueberry Less 4584 kicks us off this week by saying... Hi guys, during your review of Are You Being Served, you spoke about what Maris may look like. I totally agree she would be like Lilith. I wonder if BB Newith may have actually been cast as her, as her had she not already been cast for Cheers. That would have completely changed the dynamic of the show had we seen Maris, but we will never know, and I'd like to imagine what she looked like. When you suggested Karen from Will and Grace as a possibility, sorry guys, but that's a hard no. The only similarities between them are that they both they are both filthy rich. Karen Walker is an over-the-top, larger-than-live character and nothing like what we imagine Maris to be. Enjoying hearing Steve on the podcast, but where is Key? Ha ha, keep up the good work in his absence, Steve. Um I, I, well, you'll have heard my update about Key um, if you've listened to last episode, listeners. Um, but just to remind you, he's just very, very busy um, and has a lot going on. He is around. He's okay. And we're hoping to get him back um, when he's able to do that. But of course, we're immensely grateful that, that Steve is here in the meantime. Um, and yeah, it's been lovely. I thought he actually asked us to tell everyone he's abroad now, didn't he? <laughs> Um, no, no, France, no, Italy. 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 <laughs> um, but thank you, Blueberry Less. Uh, next up, Little Bobby Briscoe, which I believe is the, is he a new trivia master? Little Bobby Briscoe is one yes, of the new I trivia. Yes, I do believe. 
Uh, a comment on Daphne H. Sherry from a couple of weeks ago. A brownout is something that commercial power companies use to reduce electrical load on the power grids, also known as rolling blackouts, because they shut off certain parts of the distribution grid for a period of time. Usually happens in hotter weather and in higher population areas because of the air conditioning demand. Exactly how the areas and time periods are chosen is beyond me. Please keep up the great work. The podcast is a wonderful listen. There's always a belly laugh or 10 for me. Again, that is brilliant because me and Will were miles off with Suntans. So far out. Or crop disasters. So far out. Um, <laughs> Mischief Knight says, sorry guys, neat episode. Trivia and fun bits for Odd Man Out. Frasier catches the keys. Can he catch or can he not? A grand debate of the character. I thought exactly the same thing, MK. This flag for you. We didn't bring it up, but do you know what? Kelsey makes a brilliant catch there and how Niles, if I was DHP there, I think I'd have reached out because your natural reaction when something's going that close to you is to try and catch it. Yeah. Yeah. And he just somehow focuses past that, ignores it, and Kelsey's right there, straight. I wonder actually how many times Kelsey might have dropped those keys at that time, though. Mm. No, I know how many takes that might have taken. Yeah, to get um, it that clean. <laughs> <laughs> Laura asks if the answering machine's voice is Tom. Wouldn't the very pompous Dr. Fraser Crane identify himself on his answering machine voice message? Ridiculous. Of, of, of course he would. How did we not think of that? I would say yes, he probably answers with, hello, this is the uh, home is of Dr. Fraser Yes, from the radio. <laughs> the radio, that's right. You're not imagining yourself. Uh, it is me. Um, Nara says that Marta played the part of Maris's father and fired Swedish meatballs at them from an antique blunderbuss. Based on the meatball information we yes. received from Are You Being Served, that would mean it's Maris's spa day when all the servants play hooky. Marta must be getting overtime. Absolutely spot on uh the thanks for calling credits thank a julius irving this is a professional basketball player not the doctor of the same name bulldog uses in leaping lizards though of course that is who bulldog is riffing on though it did make me do a double take he's the one who called in love bites dog and talked to fraser about the damn yankees he does doesn't he? he's like it's the damn yankees this year um so, one more time will Will, can we just hear your impression of Bulldog doing Dr. Julius Irving? <laughs> this is Dr. Julius Irving. <laughs> um, I never flew pre-9-11, so maybe this isn't that big a deal, but a cello as a carry-on. Maybe they checked it at the gate, but still, it seems like something they would have made her check completely. Very true. It's massive. Where's that going to go? That's not going to go in overhead yeah. bins. Um, you definitely check experience. your instruments. So there we go. Um very sad bit. Some tra- oh, some, this is again what you said, Steve. Yeah. Some tragic irony about the American Flight Eleven that we heard earlier. Um, as always, wonderful trivia and fun bits of Evan K, and just complete simpatico with with myself, and importantly, more importantly, Steve. Um, so love that. Great stuff. The last bit actually that he's put on there, which I'm just reading. Um should be mentioned obviously david angel was then remembered in in later seasons when niles and daphne do name their son so spoiler alert sorry for that uh niles and daphne do name their son david in his memory he's actually uh, mk goes on to say that that flight number has since been retired Mm, that's very Uh, yeah very moving uh next up we have come winston howdy Mm. my lads another week another absolute stunner of an episode (laughs) steve many thanks for sharing your story about divorce i too went through that learning experience in life thankfully i get along well with my ex and we raise the kids as a team nothing like maris and her scheming ways to leave niles with nothing until of course he flushes out the family secret (laughs) spoiler alert there i love that 
Uh, Fraser's stuff. Are you being served? It's obviously named that. Linking to Niles being served his divorce papers. But you do... But do you think there is a link or play on words relating to it, the British sitcom of the same name from the 70s? With Captain Peacock and Mr. Humphreys. Absolutely love that show. British humour at its finest. Will, are you familiar with that one? I have never watched it. I'm familiar with it as a bit of a British institution, but never watched it. I've watched it a bit. I believe they uh, they run a men's clothing store, actually, I believe, and quite a lot of the time they say, are you being served? Or when someone says, can I have some help? They'll go, I'm free. It's very set. Uh, it's very camp. Yeah. You've got all these people measuring people up for suits and stuff, and obviously the uh, mm-hmm. hilarity that can ensue in a, in a shop like that. So uh, anyway. No Odd Man Out for me is a bit of a strange episode, neither here nor there. I think it's because I find that Frasier does very creepy and weird. Going to the Mm. airport when he has no idea who Laura is, clearly thinking about himself and his love life and using the wrong phone number as an excuse. Anyway, Linda Hamilton, I admire greatly and will always be known to me as Sarah Connor, or for me, Rachel Wando. Dante's pig! Looking forward to the live episode and some live trivia corner. Peace, lads. And as always, hashtag up the villa. Hammy, a.k.a. Cam Winston. Cam Winston. Finally this week, Goodnight Seattle says, Hello, gents. I can't believe that we're already at the end of my absolute favourite season of Frasier. So many fantastic episodes in this run. Can't wait for the recap. On Frasier disliking hugs, he also shows a slight aversion to them in You Scratch My Book. He's very disparaging about Honey Snow's mental hugs. And only go excuse me, and only goes in for a physical one after realizing how attractive he finds her. I missed commenting early enough for Ask Me No Questions, but I love that episode. Frasier wrestling with an off-the-cuff question from Niles has echoes of my coffee with Niles, and the noir-esque sequence where he wanders the streets has a fantastic atmosphere. I've tried in vain to track down that piece of music, so if anyone has any idea, please let me know. Here, here, some great observations there. And we said the same. My coffee links, the noir, yeah. I think the music is actually an original score. There's nothing on IMDb from it, and I think a few people have actually looked on. I've I've seen threads on Reddit before, and I've seen threads on Facebook before. No one can find it, so I presume it was written by someone just for the episode, and I think it's just a generic jazz piece. Um, I think a couple of people have even suggested, why don't you use Shazam, etc. I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, I think it comes up blank, so I presume it's literally just an original score. That, that makes a lot of sense, but it's sad that we can't listen to it. Odd, mm. odd Man Out, a bit of a lacklustre finale to a great season. It's a reasonable enough episode, but doesn't reach the heights set by the rest of the season. By far the best thing about it is the fact that it leads into the barnstorming season five opener, Frasier's Imaginary Friend. Big hugs to Will, Key, and Steve. After all, a handshake is just a hug for Friday cats. I love that. <laughs> a, little bit of a, a little bit of honey snow for us there. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> Well, it's been a fantastic season. Um, It's been a little bit kind of up and down in terms of the scheduling and kind of getting these episodes out, but we are back to pretty much one uh, one episode a week now. Infinitely grateful, Steve. We're back to one episode a week because of you. Simple as that. Um, You're more so- it's been brilliant and fun. You have fair. my eternal gratitude, and I'm sure the eternal gratitude of, of people listening that this podcast is continuing um, in, in Key's absence. Um, the next episode is, of course, the live episode. Bottom line is, I don't quite know the logistics of how this is going to work yet. Key is still, you know, in his kind of personal professional life um, that is kind of keeping him from from kind of working on this podcast, which is, you know, absolutely fine. He needs to to do that. Um, we all have lives beyond the, the pod. Um, 
But that also means I don't know when he's going to be available for the live episode. So I'm going to have to speak to him about that and we'll see because, um, you know, it, we can't really do it without him. Um, but then obviously we're going to be ranking the episodes and he hasn't he hasn't kind of reviewed um, a, a great portion of maybe disc four disc and maybe some of disc three as well um, as well. So it might be difficult for him to do that. I want you to be a part of the live episode, Steve, because, you know, you've been here for the end of this season and, you know, we need to kind of work that out as well. And I just, I really am so reticent to take another two, three, four, even five week gap um, between episodes. That might be what we have to do um, just just to see what happens. Um, We could postpone the live episode in season four ranking and just begin season five and come back, though that does upset the chronology a little bit. A lot of things to consider. A little bit stressful. We'll see. It'll figure itself out. Um, we we can chat it. with Pete behind the scenes, can't we? We'll work something out, and we can obviously let listeners know via Reddit, via Facebook groups, etc. Obviously, you've got the uh, Fraser podcast. We're listening. Uh, you've got your page, haven't you, on Facebook? What is what's the official page, Will? Thank you for reminding me, Steve. Um, I did, yeah, I meant to say, anyone listening who wants to get in touch for listener mail, come and find us on Reddit, which is reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Frasier and you will find a weekly thread every week where we put the new episode up. Hello everyone, you're hearing this because we were beset by yet another technical glitch when we were recording and we for some reason lost the last minute or two of uh, Odd Man Out so what you would have heard me say is go to the Reddit thread if you want to post listener mail and that's where we kind of collate the trivia as well and you can get added to the Facebook trivia group should you want to do that. Um, Another thing which I can't remember if I actually said in the episode or not It really does benefit us if you leave us a review on iTunes, etc. I have a feeling I did say that, so I'm not going to repeat myself. Um, And I would have said, I'm Will, and Steve would have said, I'm Steve. And then I would have said, thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. 